So poverty, um, the definition of poverty is lacking the acceptable amount of resources to provide for basic needs. And when we think of resources, that can be financial resources, but it can also be family resources. It can also be supportive resources. It can be um, opportunity resources. So poverty can extend a whole pile of different ways. And rarely do I meet someone that's experiencing financial poverty that also isn't experiencing other areas of lack of resources, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> Privilege. Okay. We're not getting into a debate here. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk about what privilege is. But if we go to the definition of privilege, it is an unearned benefit or advantage that one receives in society just by the nature of their identity. So I, I liked that definition. It's pretty far-reaching. So that can be anything from I was born in Canada. I have the privilege of being born in a pretty affluent country. Um, I have the privilege of being born into a fairly supportive family, mess and all, but they're supportive. I have a, the privilege of marrying into an amazing, beautiful family. That's a privilege. Those things are all privileges that I have not earned. They've been given to me. Um, we live in a beautiful house, and if any of you have been out to our house in the country with the big acreage, I often say, we did not come by this honestly. Not that we stole it, but, but there's certainly no way that we could have ever afforded to live where we live. We live there by the kindness of Simon's parents who built on an addition, an addition so that we could partake in the blessing and the privilege of living where we live. So all those things are privileges that I live in. The biggest privilege is how I introduce myself is I've been adopted into a family that I did not earn that adoption. It was given to me. It was, I was invited to partake of it. And so we are, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have been adopted into an amazing family. And that is a privilege that we did not earn. And we have to start there before we go into the rest of this. We did not earn God's grace, and we cannot earn it now that we've received it. It is God's grace. So we'll start with that. And then I'm going to jump into what the Bible says about ministry to people in the margins. And he actually says a lot, a lot. And we don't um, hear it preached as often as it's preached in the Word, actually. And I love being in, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir this morning though because I think a big part of the culture of Anchor Point is loving in the margins. It's people being so aware of the grace that they've been given that that is spilling over into our community in all kinds of ways. Um, we're going to be focusing some of our talk on out of the cold, but whether you're involved in out of the cold or not, I know that so many of you are pouring your lives out and the grace that has been given to you into the margins in other ways. <clears throat> Side note, Operation Christmas Child, there's a way. <laughs> um, so some of you know and have done Operation Christmas Child. We're collecting those boxes next week. So there's not too many boxes here. You can take a box. What I used to do is go to the dollar store with my kids and buy a plastic shoe box because that's an extra gift all of itself when you're in a third world country to have a plastic box to keep stuff in and keep the bugs out. 
Um, there are these extra tags. If your box doesn't have a, a tag on it or you want to buy some plastic boxes as well, there's extra tags there. So bring those back next Sunday. If you can't be here next Sunday, give them to somebody else who can be. Um, and we're going to be collecting those off and sending them. They get sent off to third world countries to kids that wouldn't, off wouldn't get Christmas gifts. Um, it's very cool outreach and the gospel is shared as those boxes are presented as well. So pretty cool whether you're a kid or not, but that's one way to get everyone involved in doing something that ministers to the margins. <clears throat> so let's look at what the Bible says. There's over 2,000 times in scripture that we are commanded and admonished to take care of the poor. Um, and that's a lot. I'm obviously not going to cover all of those. But we're just going to take a really quick waltz through scripture and see some stuff here. And there's some pretty amazing benefits to reaching into the margins. Again, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to do that and also have experienced some of those benefits. So let's take a look at Proverbs. <clears throat> I think printed in pink. So <laughs> Proverbs um, 14.31. Is that right? Showing kindness to the poor is equal to honoring your maker. Whoa. Showing kindness to the poor is equal to honoring your maker. Um, when I grew up, I thought the best way to honor God was to get up here on a Sunday morning and sing my heart out to him. And that is honoring God. Worshiping together through song is a huge part of honoring God. But there are so many other ways to worship. And this would be one. Um, Jeremiah 22, verse 16. He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord. God's equating knowing him with defending the cause of the poor and needy. Isaiah 58, verse 6 to 12. I'm just going to read it here, and I've been resisting getting bifocals, so... Uh, Pardon me. <laughs> uh, no, it's this, right? <laughs> um, is this not the fast which I chose? To loosen the, the bands of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness. And your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desires in a scorched place. There's such promise to following Jesus. Such promise. Um, let's look at some New Testament explanations. In Galatians 2 verse 10, I'm just going to give you a bit of the backstory here. So the kingdom of God had been extended out from not just Jewish people, but into Gentile people. And there arose a great debate 
on what was expected of the new believers who were Gentiles. They hadn't ever followed the law. They didn't know the law. They didn't grow up in the law. And now they come to know Jesus and commit to following his way. And some people of the law were like, hey, these guys have to do what we do. They have to get circumcised. And so you can imagine there was a little bit of a backlash, <laughs> a little bit of a pushback on, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> really? So there was a big debate, and the apostles all got together to hash it out. And in the end, Peter, no, Paul came back um, to the Galatian church and said, it's okay, guys. We don't need to do that. The one thing that, that Peter and the apostles did remind us to do is they asked us to remember the poor. The very thing I was also eager to do. That was pretty much it. Like, that was the directive. You can, you know, the debate was all about that other stuff, but one thing that we want you to keep priority is to remember the poor. And sadly, I think, well, this could be a whole other sermon, but sadly, I think in our North American evangelical way, we've kind of parted with some of that priority sometimes. <clears throat> and there's a lot of thinking behind that, which I'm not going to get into. So anyways, um, when we look at James 2, Actually, the whole book of James, if you want a really good read, amazing read, um, the whole book of James, he encourages us to work, work out the grace that has been given to us through works of faith. And he makes clear that we have not been saved by works. Lots of people can do good works. Philanthropy is like a fad right now, right? Like people are giving and giving and giving. That does not mean there's faith attached to it. We want to be people who give out of the abundance of grace that we've been having the privilege of receiving, not out of, I have to earn my salvation. And in fact, Paul like often corrects the believers that come to faith in Jesus and then start trying to earn it through works. We don't earn our salvation. We don't earn our adoption. We have been adopted. We've been adopted. We're his. That's it. We're his. But out of that awareness of the grace that we've been granted, it's going to naturally outflow into works. And so, and they're works of love. So in James 2, it says, even, go, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. You can have works without faith, but you can't really have faith without works. You want to grow your faith? Get walking it out. Um, Luke, verse 14, I mean, chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verses 12 to 23, and that is the parable of the great banquet. And I'll set this up. A really um, important Jewish leader had invited Jesus to come eat with him. So they're, at the, they're at this banquet, and they're having all these really interesting discussions. Um, Luke 14... Verse 12 to 23. Tricky. Um, and he also went on to say to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors or otherwise, they might invite you too um, to return, and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor. There we go. Um, invite the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. 
since they don't have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And when one of those who were reclining at the table heard him say this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to him, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everyone is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The one said to him, I've bought a new piece of land, and I need to go look at it. I don't know what kind of excuse that is. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> um, please consider me excused. And then another one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to go try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife, and for that reason I cannot come. I don't know why he didn't say, can she come too? But anyways... Um, <clears throat> all these really lame excuses. The slave came back and reported this to the master, and then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, go out into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the slave said to the master, what you commanded has been done, and there's still room. And then the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. Whoa. That is God's heart, that his house may be filled. Woo! Because we are all benefits, benef benefiting from that invitation to fill that banquet table. Um, and I love how he told his servants to go get anyone who is willing to receive the invitation. I love that God is as interested in the salvation of the woman who is staying at the shelter, who has nothing, who has lived a pretty wild life, who has run out of resources. He's as interested in extending that invitation to her as he is to Kanye West. That there's a party in heaven when someone who... Um, is living on the margins come to accept Christ just as big as there's a party in heaven when someone well-known comes to Christ there's a party in heaven um, when anyone receives their adoption invitation anyone and what we've been given is we've been given those invitations and we've been instructed to get out there and hand them out you hold the invitation and we're going into the highways and the byways. And did he say hedges? <laughs> hedges? I don't know who's in the hedges, but yeah, some people have lived in hedges. Yeah. And so get into the hedges. We've been given those invitations. We are the people as adopted heirs of Christ that have been given the invitations. We're to get out there into the margins and hand those invitations out. And that's, that can be scary. That's definitely not comfortable all the time. Matthew 25, we'll end with this story. Um, this is an uncomfortable story as well. It's Matthew 25, verse 31 to 46, and I'm only going to read the first half of it. Um, in community group this week, maybe we'll work out all of it, but... 31 to 35, of course, you're going to start on the previous page. Sorry. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. 
and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left, and then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. You gave me something to drink. Is a stranger? Nobody heard that. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you healed me. You No, you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and, and invite you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly, I say to you. To the extent that you did this to the, one of the, my brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. There is something amazing about loving people in the margins. We read the message version. I love how it puts it there. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. And I am so privileged to have been able to love people in the margins and know Jesus better there. You want to get to know Jesus better? Get into the margins and love people because I could feel this. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have been sometimes met with people that I think there is no hope in this situation. Like, it is dismal. There is no hope. There is no answer. I don't know. But you want a cup of tea? And sometimes when I sit with someone and I'm hearing a story of their lives or I'm just offering a cup of tea, I can almost guarantee you I see Jesus. If you want to know him more, get into the margins. And I'm not sure what that means for you. Maybe it means volunteering it out of the cold. I think Jenny's going to come up and speak about that, and I think half of you guys do that already. Um, maybe it means inviting the lonely single mom who's your neighbor over for tea. Maybe it means um, just paying attention and looking someone in the eye who is overlooked and ignored by society. And by so doing, you are extending the invitation to the kingdom. And I am privileged to walk alongside of all of you 
handing out those invitations like crazy. So I want to invite Jenny, who is part of organizing the invitation handouts <laughs> by being the executive director at Allison Out of the Cold. She blesses my socks off. Um, and I've been able to kind of disappear into the background a lot because of what she does at Out of the Cold. And she's going to share with you an opportunity um, to share in that. Tina's going to talk. Oh, I made it too well. Thank you, Brenda. Hi, guys. This really isn't my bread and butter, so forgive me if I'm not staring at all of you. <laughs> um, so if you don't know me, my name is... This is really loud. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jenny. Um, my husband is over there, the wonderful Chris. We have three little ones, one of which is probably running around out there making lots of noise. Um, and I'm the executive director of Allison Out of the Cold. Um, so just a bit of a background about how I became involved. Um, if you don't know this already, and I think she really deserves a big round of applause for this, um, Brenda was sort of the dreamer. Um, Brenda, did you want to stand up for a second? No? Okay, can we just give her a big round of applause? <laughs> yeah. Love you. <laughs> so Brenda um, came to me. Um, she had already kind of assembled a small team of people um, just in the early stages of dreaming about having some kind of out-of-the-cold um, winter shelter. Uh, and I joined the team while I was on maternity leave with Sam because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and um, I came on uh, basically kind of as a consultant of sorts, having experience. I'm an addictions counselor by education, um, and I have worked in shelters in my past. So um, she asked me to help sort of figure things out. So my main role at the time was developing sort of the program fine details. I created all of the paperwork, all of the manuals. So if you are a volunteer with us, you're welcome. 58 pages. <laughs> <laughs> all of the intake paperwork, all of the stuff that we had to develop in order to have the program. Um, so I was a member of the initial steering committee um, and eventually in our first season was hired um, as the program director. Um, that was in January of season one. And um, eventually, or just in the last season, we have now developed a board of directors. We've achieved our nonprofit organization um, status um, earlier in the year. Yeah, <laughs> and I was promoted to the executive director title at that time. Um, so just before I get into keep it, <laughs> before I get into anything else, I just wanted to share a little bit of a testimony. This is where I might fall apart. <laughs> um, so being involved, okay. <laughs> Ooh, all right, got this. Okay, <laughs> being involved with Allison out of the cold has stretched and grown my faith to just entirely new depths. Um, throughout the first two seasons, there was many times, many senses of like, that's not even the right word, many instances of desperation. And I say that really, like truly desperation. Uh, more than I can count times where we just needed provision and we just weren't sure how we were gonna get it. Um, particularly in volunteering, I'm just having enough people, all that kind of stuff. So. If you know me, or you knew me many years ago, you'd know that I worry a lot. I tend to get caught up in fine details, and 
according to Brenda, I talk a lot. <laughs> so I have 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but my role has forced me to lean into God more, uh, just to trust in his provision. Um, so for example, over the last two seasons, volunteer, finding volunteers, provide provision for volunteers has been tough. Um, filling our schedule, having to figure out all of the logistics that way has, has been rough. It's been not easy. Um, as an aside, last season, we had many volunteers, but for whatever reason, um, there came a time where I was working anywhere between two and eight hours a day, um, trying to just fill the schedule for even that night or the next night or the next few nights ahead, um, which was an incredibly, incredibly horrible waste of me as a resource. Um, but I just, I couldn't let it go. Obviously, we, we had to be open. So um, that's where we were at. Um, but <laughs> um, last season in particular, that because I was in the role in this season, I just, I, I haven't been worried. I haven't been anxious. I haven't been stressed out about that stuff. <laughs> um, I have just felt such an incredible sense of peace and confidence that what we need would be provided when we needed it. And I know that's from him. Yeah. So this season, um, with the help of an incredible team of people that I've had built up around me, um, we've implemented some new ways of managing volunteers, our schedule, our daily operations, etc. Um, and all of this has made us, this is, this is a huge phase. We went from last season on our first day, we had 25% of our shifts filled for the season. 25 this season we went in on day one with 78% of our shifts filled. <laughs> Huge. So, okay, no more crying, we're done. <laughs> um, Alice Out of the Cold provides safe, respectful, welcoming overnight accommodations and meals to people experiencing homelessness from November to April. Um, and one of the biggest things that we pride ourselves on is a tagline, which is not really common for a lot of Out of the Cold programs, and that is that we facilitate connection to further services, resources, and community um, with our intake workers and with Brenda um, at the helm. We're really dedicated to that. So our program in its first season focused very primarily on provision of shelter. In our second season, we expanded to include a dinner. This season, we separated the two. So we have two separate programming at this point, our shelter program and our community dinner program. And right now we are moving further and expanding um, and to include an outreach. And I'll get into that in a minute. So we are dedicated to serving people on the margins, as Brenda puts it. Um, so our, um, our efforts focus on addressing homelessness and food insecurity. And food insecurity is essentially the state of being without reliable access to sufficient quantity of food um, or affordable, nutritious food. So essentially at the end of the day, not having enough money to put food in the fridge having a home, but nothing in the fridge. Um, and homelessness, the state of having no home, um, a situation without stable, safe, permanent, and appropriate housing. And we have people who access us in any one of the four typologies, which is unsheltered, so living rough and on the street, emergency sheltered, so accessing something like us, provisionally, sh provisionally sheltered, which is temporary, but it lacks um, security, so like couch serving, um, and then at risk of homelessness, so basically at any moment, they could be um, at risk of having to access us, so precarious living arrangements, not having um, 
not meeting public health or safety standards, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so last year um, we had um, we had a, like a survey, it was called enumeration, and what they found out of that was that at any given night, on any given night in Alliston, 24 people are considered homeless. That's pretty staggering, considering when we opened, we had to convince people that homelessness, exi homelessness existed in our community. And then in Simcoe County alone, over 697 people are experiencing homelessness on any given night. So last season, we saw 35 individual guests, so 35 people who called new to come sit their home accessed us. Um, and of those 35 people, we were accessed 737 times and we were open for 165 days from November 1st to April 15th. Average stay was about 21 days. Some stayed one day, um, and then we had a few that stayed all the way up to 120 days. We served 986 plus meals during our community dinner program. And this is a big one. It's such a celebration. 50% of our guests moved on to independent living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty huge. <laughs> Um, we implemented a program, a part of our program last year that involved some case management and some expectations that if they were going to continue to stay with us, um, that there was some expectation that they were moving forward or attempting to move forward, and we helped that with case management. So there's the proof. <laughs> um, okay, so this is where you come in. Um, we have an insane amount of volunteers in this room, so I just, this, I just want to acknowledge you. Stand up if you are a current volunteer in the shelter program, so evening, night, or breakfast shift. Okay. Wait, stay up. <laughs> stay up. Wait, let's hold off our applause because there'll be more. Uh, stand up if you are a current volunteer for the community dinner, meaning that you're making a meal or you're serving a meal with your community group or you're a youth group member. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, stand up if you are a board member. She's already up. <laughs> Melissa here? <laughs> um, stand up if you've been a volunteer for any of our seasons. If you are involved in the initial planning, the renovations, behind the scenes, preparation for opening, etc. Can we just look around the room for a second? This is insane. <laughs> um, so many most of the local churches um, are, are involved and have been involved in some way um, through meal making, through serving. Um, some of their congregation members are serving uh, as a volunteer, but I just want to acknowledge, I know that it's, it's not about comparison, but Anchor Point has really stepped up to the plate and gone above and beyond, and I don't think any other church can say they have this many people serving at all. It's not as a cold, and I think that's amazing. So thank you. Um, I'm going to stop crying for a second. <laughs> and there's a video. Did you guys watch it? Oh no, sound! I felt I lost hope. If it wasn't for the shelter, I don't know where I would have spent that month and a half. 
Hi, my name is Jennifer Pergentile and I'm the Executive Director for Allison Out of the Cold. Allison Out of the Cold provides safe, respectful and welcoming overnight accommodations and meals to those experiencing homelessness from November until April. We facilitate connection to further resources and services and community. We need volunteers. AOTC is run almost entirely on volunteer manpower, so without volunteers to run the various aspects of our shelter operations, we're at risk of postponing our opening date and very likely having to close earlier than anticipated. My name is Mark. I'm 45 years old. I was brought to Alliston by the police who introduced me to Out of the Cold when I had no place to go. While I was at the shelter, they did as much as they could to get me involved with the community, to try and find housing for myself. I met a lot of good people that were full of hope and faith that could help me get through each day. New and returning volunteers should go to our website, allistonoutofthecold.com slash volunteer. For more information, you can contact info at allistonoutofthecold.com. Thanks. Um, so I don't want to single him out, but such an amazing, amazing success this man is. Yeah. And we are so grateful to have known you and so grateful that now he's giving back. He's back in the shelter and he's volunteering. (laughs) So, um... I guess just what's next, and then Tina's going to come up and take over and make me stop talking. (laughs) Um, So currently we operate, if you didn't know this, we operate under the charitable umbrella of Anchor Point, Allison Christian Fellowship, and we've been abundantly blessed by somebody who didn't know I was going to acknowledge her, but Janice has been an incredible woman for us, um, and she's been maintaining our books and writing our charitable receipts and just doing tons of stuff behind the scenes that not many people know about. Um, so we're moving forward and we're pursuing our own charitable status at this point. Um, now that we have, we are our own entity. Um, we are presenting, or I guess I am, <laughs> I'm presenting at the 100 Women meeting um, this week to ask for funding for the outreach program. Um, we are asking for funding to fund a van um, to outfit and to use to implement an outreach program to go out and access the people in the margins who aren't accessing us right now. Um, so our future goals include, um, we're dreaming big, so our, our future goals include owning our own space, creating a community hub that includes all sorts of services related to addressing housing and food insecurity. Um, we want to expand in the future to be a year-round shelter because we do know that homelessness isn't just a winter problem. The amount of people that have said that to me is insane. Um, the next several years, that's sort of what our hope is for that. Um, and obviously that, in, that requires growth in the organization, more staff, more volunteers, etc. cetera. Um, and lastly, we've started talking about the idea of implementing some social enterprising endeavors, um, including utilizing manpower and skills for people accessing our program, um, providing a service in the community, giving uh, our guests an opportunity to work and earn income, but also raising funds that can go back into our general programming needs. So that's where we're at right now. And I just, I, I owe you all a, a huge thank you. Um, thank you for your support for me, even if you're not volunteering in this space, many of you have been just an incredible source of um, support for me. Especially him. 
Chris has been in pain. Uh, just, just such a huge support for me. I'm often gone a lot at night. So we basically are like two ships passing in the night sometimes when he comes home. So I just, I want to acknowledge him too. And we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary and got to go away. So that was good. Okay, Tina, come take. So Tina is a member of our board. Um, not that she has other things to do at all in her life. <laughs> um, and she is a force to be reckoned with. She is our fundraising coordinator, if that doesn't make sense at all. I don't know why it wouldn't. <laughs> and she, is, she has a team of people that are heading up a really great fundraiser coming up for us. So I'm going to hand that over to her. All right, so I feel kind of spoke so I get to follow two incredible women. So I just want to give Jenny a big round of applause again, and Brenda, and just thank you for celebrating. Um, the servant hearts that we have in this community, um, and I just feel like I got the best setup possible to pitch something to you, so I can't be <laughs> thankful enough. Um, so like Jenny said, I'm on the board of directors, and I got um, nominated to be head of fundraising, which is exciting. Um, the shelter is um, completely and entirely community funded. We do not have any government funding or municipal funding in any um, way, shape, or form at this point in time. We are pursuing different grants, but um, we have been able to enter into our third season just by the generosity of this community. And that has been stagger staggeringly beautiful to um, just see everyone from churches to um, business owners to um, just other groups of people coming together and rallying to support the shelter. Um, this year, we're rather excited to partner with um, the Blue Sea Foundation to run a um, coldest night of the year walk. So hands up if you've heard of the coldest night of the year. It's a walk that's run nationally across Canada. Um, so we're excited. It fits perfectly within the values of the shelter and it's a beautiful way for us to kind of raise both awareness about the shelter and funds for the shelter. Um, the coldest night of the year is a moment when tens of thousands of Canadians step outside of the warmth and comfort of their home and shine a light of welcome and inclusion. Um, so Allison of the Cold, we have um, our walk. It is happening in partnership with everybody on February 22nd, 2020. That is 97 days from today. It's on the... <laughs> um, so we walk through the cold and dark on February 22nd to declare our concern for people who have no home and shelters in nooks and crannies. We walk for those whose days are battled to house and feed their families and whose nights are filled with fear and frustration. We walk for those driven from home by violence and abuse and we walk for people overwhelmed by isolation, guilt and despair. We walk humbly, realizing that anyone can lose their footing and then lose anything else. Um, so this is just my call to you this afternoon. If you don't mind, could you please go onto the computer, search coldest night of the year. Um, within that, you, it's a beautiful website. It is super easy to navigate. You can find a location to type Alliston. You can find us. If you feel compelled to join us on this walk, please sign up. Um, I think there's a minimal registration fee and then set yourself a goal. Um, join us at very least to walk in solidarity and support of the shelter and those in our community. Um, but if you feel compelled to do more fundraising, to reach it to your network of people that branches so much further than this congregation, we would be honored to have your support. 
Um, so this is my quick pitch. If you don't mind checking it out, we also have a Facebook page which has, I think, zero posts on it now, but that's okay. Um, and I, I'm probably going to be up here talking to you guys a handful of times between now and February. Um, I am super blessed as a fundraising coordinator. This is one of my fundraising things, but I have a member of my fundraising, my team leads, my co-lead. I don't know what our title is officially. Um, I just want Leanna Jansen to stand up from the back. She's like, no, Tina, stop. <laughs> Leanna is helping me organize this event. So just a round of applause for her. Um, it, we have an amazing, we had our first kind of team meeting this week, um, and it's just a really energetic group of people that are going to be actually organizing logistics of this event, and that's like so exciting to kind of be like, I'm excited to run this really daunting, overwhelming <laughs> event with a great group of people. So we've just been super blessed thus far, um, and we just know that this is going to be a huge success for this, um, the shelter and for the community. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask me, feel free to ask Leanna, feel free to check out the website, uh, coldest night of the year dot com um What's our goal? oh yeah <laughs> our fundraising goal sorry our fundraising goal for this walk is to raise sixty five thousand dollars it is a large goal but i definitely think uh we can meet it we feel fairly confident in god's ability to provide and um the ability of our network of people and the generosity of our community and beyond so thank you so much for giving me your time and attention i'm gonna welcome up the worship oh yep Yes, so at this very minute, Anchor Point itself doesn't have a team. I will probably go on, I just looked right when you were talking. Um, I will make an Anchor Point team. Anyone want to throw out a fundraising goal for our church? Feel free to come. If God puts a goal for our, your, the church on your heart, come talk to me and I will set us a fundraising goal. And we can be a team. And the fun thing, this fundraiser can get real fun if you want to. We can be a church, a team of Anchor Point and we can challenge other teams, other churches, other community members. You guys can all sign up under Anchor Point as a team and we can walk together and all your fundraising um, goals go towards our Anchor Point goal. So it's a great system. Carrie has. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I've done this before. It's so much fun. It's great to be part of it. And it's really common. So if you go to your Facebook friends or whatever, a lot of people know about this. So it won't be a weird thing. It won't be like, what's that? It's a really common thing. So it's yeah. excellent. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun um, event. And we're really looking forward to, yeah, partnering with everyone in our community to just... <laughs> what are you saying at me? Jenny's trying to micromanage me from her seat. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you all so much for your time and attention this morning. Um, and just praise Jesus for the work that he's doing in this community and for the servant hearts that are in this building. We just are so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you.